Hi, welcome back to Engage. My name is Kelly Donlin Hoy, and I am your host. And I am extremely excited about today's conversation. Well, I'm always excited about conversations we have, to be honest, but I'm feeling like there's a trend starting here, maybe even a little mini series within the program. Allow me to explain. A couple of episodes ago, we invited a senior executive leader who manages an, a field force across the entire nation and talked with her about how she replenishes herself, how she finds her energy to motivate and inspire members of her organization who are geographically distributed across the nation. Well, I wanna tell you, if you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen. It has actually been record-breaking in terms of the number of views and listens in the history of our program. Well, today we have the second in, dare I say, a series of speaking with real life leaders. I don't know, maybe I'll call it leaders on the front line or engaging in real life, but today's guest will not disappoint. Let's welcome Dale Woodson. Dale, thank you for joining us and welcome to Engage. Kelly, thank you for having me. I'm just very excited today to be a part of your podcast and I'm looking forward to the conversation. So thank you for having me. Likewise. And we're going to turn the topic a little bit and probe into how you motivate and inspire your team, which also is geographically throughout the whole nation. Um, but before we get into our topic and your expertise, um, it's no secret to our listeners and viewers that 99.9% .9 of the guests that I invite on the show, there's usually a very interesting backstory, meaning I know the person, we have a history. So um, could we spend a minute or two talking about how you and I know each other? Would that be Absolutely. okay? Absolutely. Okay. That'd be fantastic. Okay. So let's see. Um, how many years would you say we know each other? Oh my goodness. I know. Thinking I'm, a, I'm thinking <laughs> probably 20 I think that's right. I think I you're think absolutely it's, it's right. Gotta be 20, it's got to be close to 20 years. Exactly. And um, in what capacity did we first meet? So um, I reported to you. You were my senior director um, of sales at Merck. And right. I was one of your district sales managers in Southern New Jersey. So yes. I reported to you. That's exactly right. And it was a tremendous experience for me. And I, I have to say, as I was reflecting on today's conversation that we we're going to have, um, perhaps the student has become the master because you certainly have exceeded any level that I achieved in the corporate setting. Um, and to your credit, no surprise there, a talented, motivating, inspiring leader. Um, but maybe I was the student all along, to be honest. And, and I have to say, one thing I'm proud of is knowing and seeing the talent that you had. So during those years that we worked together and that you reported to me, um, it was pretty apparent that you had a special knack for bringing out the best in your team. Um, relative to the, the other colleagues that you had, there was a special spark that you had. And I certainly learned a lot from how you engaged your team, which is exactly what we're going to talk about today. So okay. different scenario, you're still in the sector, still in the biopharma tech sector, um, but you have elevated to now lead leaders and managers 
and sales representatives across the country. Let me ask you, what do you do, particularly in today's environment? Pandemic or no, you're still having team members throughout the nation report to you. What do you do to engage them and make them feel that the culture you have is welcoming, inclusive, and allows your folks to achieve their highest potential? It really starts with being open um, to the, you know, the different individuals in the organization. And, you know, one of the cool things that I do are skip calls where I reach out to DS, D, my DMs, because I spend a lot of time with my RDs. I stay connected with other levels of the organizations, being representatives through field advisory boards, skip calls with my DMs. And, and, and the way I engage them, I think it's really important. Important is that when I do get on calls with individuals, you know, it's not, you know, me talking to them or talking at them. I ask a lot of open-ended questions. And when I do, you know, larger groups of three or four, I try to do round robins. And, and I'll ask each individual um, maybe the same question or a different series of questions to make sure everyone's engaged. And and I and I in, a, in the very first day that I met my team, I did a call and I asked them to send me a text message with a photo of their family because I wanted to instantly have this connection to them. Another thing that I've done that I think is really important because you got to be connected with your team, especially when they're across the country, they're new and you're managing in a COVID environment where you don't have the opportunity to bring people together in person and have that connection type meetings you would have early on. And it was, I call it coffee with Dale. Now, even though I don't drink coffee, Kelly, um, <laughs> you know, I would set aside 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes in the afternoon different time zones where I would bring in the different representatives across the country um, in groups of five and six and just have conversations. A lot of the representatives was like, oh, so what do I need to prepare for? I said, nothing. I just want to chat. You know, let's just, let's just talk because, wow. you know, because if you think about the saying that, um, you know, people need to know that you care about them if, you know, if they're going to go out and give you that 100%. So that connectedness is something that I've always had, open door policy. I try to keep it a flat organization. I don't, you know, regardless of my title and role in the organization, I want to feel like I'm someone that people can reach out to and comfortably reaching out saying that I can have a conversation with Dale like I could my manager or my director. So that's just one of the things that I've done and it's been fantastic. It, it, it is um, fascinating and not surprising uh, to hear the many things that you've done. But I think for our viewers and listeners, there are some great practical tips, particularly when you lead multi-level uh, individuals. And, and the theme I'm hearing, oh, and by the way, I would sign up for your coffee chats because as you know, I do drink coffee. Yes, yes. Um, but but I'm, I'm hearing an undercurrent of accessibility. Yeah. And I, I, I want to applaud that. And I think many of the ideas that you are putting into practice are great for our viewers and listeners to consider because as you said, it's points of connection, right? No, no matter the level in the organization, you are making yourself available, not only in a business perspective, but in a very concrete human way. I love the idea of the, the texts of family or personal things. And um, just there's so many things that you've shared that I think are of value. 
I'd like to explore the round robin idea with you a little bit because um, I know when I'm in meetings, if it's part of a group that I'm participating in, you know, typically it's the same question, right? And if you're not first, well, then you have time to try and craft something or by the time they get to you, you don't have anything to say because everyone before you has said the same thing, right? Yeah. So how have people reacted to that? Do they enjoy it? I mean, you're, you're trying to make it uh, more of a low key human interaction, but are, are people still a little nervous since you're the big, big boss? How has that gone for you? You know, it's, it's gone well, probably because the tone that I set, you know, and I say, you know, kind of leading from the top, and in, in, in wanting to hear people's thoughts. And because it's one thing, Kelly, in, you know, as you're asking people questions and their inputs are being heard, that you can either take them and do nothing with them, or you can take them and do something. And, and I think the one thing that I've established early, early on, and Kelly, even at the small wins, taking input from people and putting it into action. I can't tell you the value and the power of doing that. So when the round wrapping um, conversations are occurring and they see the results of action being taken, folks really know, you know, I'm not just asking you a question just to ask you a question. I'm asking you a question because I really want your opinion. And if it's a good input, guess what? I'm going to put it to action. So we ended the year, one of the teams that I led or that my, you know, that was in my business was the number one team, of course. And, and, and they mentioned, said, you know what, Dale, why don't we have a district of the year award? And I said, well, tell me more. So I went back, I would talk to my leaders. I said, listen, this is a very rare situation, but I think it's a great idea. And Kelly, we took an opportunity at the end of a national meeting and recognized this particular district. And it was based on feedback that we captured the week before the meeting. And we said, why wouldn't we recognize them? You know, and, and while it's not ideal to try to recognize or create an award on the spot, but it made sense. But going forward, we're going to have the district of the year and everyone knows the top district will be recognized. There'll be a monetary component as well as a trophy, but more importantly, recognition from their peers. But that was quite frankly, the output of just engaging people and talking to people about how do we make what we're doing better? How do we have this culture? How do we keep feeding the culture plant? Which is a favorite question I ask very often because while having a great culture, you can you know, set people up and bring people together and they're excited about what they're doing. But the key to success, Kelly, is how you water that plant by feeding it. And I feed it by gaining feedback from the people. That's why culture to me equals people. And when you engage them and you want to hear their thoughts, you're like, listen, folks, I want to make sure this is the best experience you've ever had professionally. And that because while financials are important, I think the culture and how you treat people and how you engage them and connect with them is what is why people stay. And people are like, why would they stay? And you know, for you know, because they, they love the environment because they're being heard and seen, and more importantly, asked, you know, what do you think can we do to make this thing better? And and, and such great ideas come out of that output. You gotta sometimes slow down and ask the right question and get their feedback and put it into action because it's a powerful thing that people love to be heard. So. Yes, I, I couldn't agree more. And so um, the pearl I love that you said is water that culture plant and watch it grow. I, I, I applaud the idea of the district <clears throat> of the year and and no matter that it was after the fact versus an incentive, what you're what you're giving so many great examples of is that hearing employees, listening to them 
And taking their input, to me, pays huge dividends. One, as you said, they're gonna stick around, which in today's environment with the great reshuffle or the great resignation, call it what you will, you wanna keep your top talent. The other thing that I, I imagine it does is it, it primes that pump. You know, word gets around pretty fast. Dale's a leader that really listens. You can tell him what you think. It's not a guarantee, a rubber stamp that everything will be put into action. But if the idea has merit, if it will help us deliver on our objectives or make that culture plant thrive, he's in. I mean, it just has got to be like a cycle that promotes more people sharing, which I, I think is, is so vital. I want to be an organization that people fight tooth and nail to get into because they want to be a part of it. Am I going to financially make sure that they are, you know, well compensated? A hundred percent. But even beyond that, how you make them feel. Because <clears throat> yes. people want to feel like they're valued. And, yes. and value comes in different ways. Of course, there are some people, Kelly, and I think about myself, probably when you led me only, I was worried about just how many dollars I can put in my pocket. But, <laughs> you know, but, but on the flip side of the coin, as I've matured as a leader, I, I recognize that, you know, while people want to be fairly compensated, yes, they also want to feel like they're a part and they're being heard. And it's, yes. it's, it's, it's powerful. I mean, completely um, agree. The what's worth it equation has to have a connection to a mission or to a sense of valuable contribution. Could not agree more. And, and that's a great segue. Um, you said something which I think is really smart. You want people to fight tooth and nail to get into your organization. So I want to pivot and talk about how you hire and how you've hired during the pandemic. Within this virtual environment, you're using Teams or Zoom, whatever platform, you know, but typically there are large panel interviews where there could be five, six um, interviewers on at one time, Kelly. It's not typically a one-on-one. -on -one. It's typically five or six, and that's what we've done historically. And, and 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 I would say the other piece that I think that is very important that I would say is very different now than it was when I was interviewing for jobs is that there's typically some type of activity where you ask them to do a presentation or an analysis as part of the hiring process. It, it helped tremendously, but then the interview panel, I think, was something that you, I, I was very, very deliberate about. I would also say um, multiple interactions. So a lot more rigor in regards to interactions for the applicant, but the end result was very detailed, in-depth you know, connection because you don't get to meet them in person. So there's a lot of things you, I think you could miss, but sure. by creating the additional interactions in addition to um, the, the, like the project or the, you know, the problem that we would give them to solve was another opportunity to see them in action. Yes. Very smart. In fact, um, at, here at KDH Consulting, we just hired two graphic designers. I'm very excited about this because the volume of work is increasing. And I did a similar setup. I asked them to evaluate a particular slide deck that we have that talks about our capabilities. So don't edit it, just page through it. Tell me what resonates, what you would change, what's distracting to you. And it was a great, as you're saying, uh, real life look at how they could do the job, right? What, what, how they evaluate things, what their perceptions are, what suggestions they would offer, because it really does come down to fit. And I'm, I'm hearing you say both when you were the hiring manager and the applicant, 
um, in different ways, you were still trying to get to, will this person be a good fit here and be able to do the job that we're hiring them for? And, and I think maybe for our viewers and listeners, that's a, that's a concrete takeaway, but also uh, particularly at the senior level you are, it may take multiple interviews because you are a person that has a lot of responsibility, a lot of accountability. You want a lot of people to be nodding heads and holding hands and saying, yes, Dale is our guy. Yes. Um, so I think that's that's exceptional um, insight for our viewers and listeners. Absolutely. And maybe we will have you back to uh, talk about how you onboard because I actually think that's another critical area um, our former employer, Merck, uh, just published something that said they hired over 12,000 people during the pandemic oh. remotely, hired remotely. And I saw that statistic and I was, it was staggering to me. Now that they're, they're a hundred thousand person company, maybe 70,000, but high numbers, yeah. but nonetheless, yeah. 12,000 remote employees or employees uh, hired remotely. And then it begs the question, so great, you've, you've found someone, you've put them through the right rigor and whatnot. Now, how do you help them um, internalize that culture? You and I know when we first joined that fine institution that you know pretty quickly we all could quote the mission, the founder's yes. famous statement and yes. whatnot. <laughs> But, and we probably still can. Um, yes. So we, we might have you back to, to ask um, how you're onboarding or how you're inspiring your teams to onboard reps at the lower levels. Um, but <clears throat> I think I'll, I'll thank you for this insight and maybe ask one more question, um, which is, who do you turn to for inspiration? Dale, you've got a long positive track record I'm so excited about your success. Who who influences you and who do you follow or read or um, take cues from in terms of how you create this inclusive and winning culture? Yeah, you know what, that, that that's a great question. And I've had some fine, fine leaders that I've worked with in my years. And the two that quite frankly come to mind that has really I think inspired me to be the leader that I am today. One is this gentleman by the name of Rich Burns, um, who I work for uh, probably, ooh, probably, it's been several years now. And then Dominic Pinelli. Um, those are two individuals that I've worked for. And quite frankly, just really talked about, you know, how you inspire people. And, 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 and while people talk about, you know, I'm gonna hire the best talent and I'm gonna, you know, put them in the best positions to be successful. Some of the things that Rich talked about, and and I think, and I quote very often today, warmly and fondly, is the fact that he says, I'm gonna, you know, hire paid great people, I'm gonna treat them like adults, I'm gonna respect them, and I'm gonna get out of their way. Steve, Steve Job talks about, you know, you know, I'm always surprised when these, you know, highly intelligent managers go out and they hire these talented people and then they want to tell them what to do. When you hire talent, you need to you know, let the talented people do what they do. I mean, you've hired them, you know, you've, you've vetted them. And, 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 and for my team, and I go back to Rich again, Kelly, um, I, 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 those are simple words about trusting, respecting, and getting out of their way, but it's true. And Dominic Finelli was, you know, very similar. He was like, listen, I've hired you. I expect you to, you know, I, I, we can talk about what my expectations are, but this is yours. Here's the keys, go do it. And he was there every step of the way, just like Rich. But when you're a self-motivated, hard charger like myself, 
I loved and I'm so inspired by that leadership style. And 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 now I've tweaked it a little bit for me and um and I've created this culture of 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 great culture and accountability. But I inspire people by you know, say, listen, what do you want to do to solve this problem? This is, you tell me, I mean, I've hired you, 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 you got 20 years of experience. You know, this is a challenge we have. Let's work together and tell me what you think. And when you ask people to think, Kelly, I'll be honestly honest with you. Sometimes they pause because they're surprised that I'm asking the question because I want to hear their opinion. But Kelly, when they input and provide their perspective, they're inspired and they're aligned. And quite frankly, because it's their idea, Kelly, they're going to go out and give you a hundred percent. And, and I cannot, I cannot stress the importance of engagement because if you're inspired, you're engaged. When you're engaged, you give so much more back to the company. And, and, and those experiences of working for leaders like Dominic and Rich, and I could even go to Mike Kelly and, and Leo Mendez. There, there was many leaders that I worked for, Kelly, that I just sit back and I say, you know what? It was just just a great experience. And yeah. you can inspire people and and, and and people take it for granted. Kelly, it's hard to, you know, to be inspirational, but you you inspire people because you got to be authentic. But but quite frankly, when you tell them that you're going to give them an opportunity to go do their job the way they want to do it, but they're accountable to the, the final number, folks are okay with that because you're being fair and you're being transparent and they love that. And so, yeah. um, so as I think about the two individuals that I think have had great impact on my ability to inspire people is definitely Rich and Dominic, so. Beautiful. And, well, and I think we owe them a debt of gratitude. So Rich, Dominic, if you're listening, thank you. Thank you for helping to shape today's guest. Um, clearly a leader that's demonstrated pandemic or no, it's possible to connect in a human way with large organizations that are geographically dispersed and help them achieve their greatest potential. Dale. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I wish you continued success and we'll be watching. Thank you, Kelly, and congratulations to you. This has been outstanding. Thank you for this opportunity. Uh, I was very honored when you reached out and, and thank you. This is fantastic and congratulations on your success as well. I'm thank not you. Thank you. All right, well, for our viewers and listeners, thanks for stopping by and stay tuned uh, for our next episode. Take care and we'll see you soon.